Welcome to the Discovering Your Soul podcast with me, Nina. I'm here to remind you that you are not alone in your healing and self-discovery journey. There is light in even the darkest seasons of life, and by sharing our stories and listening to the stories of others, we collectively heal our planet and one another. Thank you for being here, my friend, and for including me in your journey of discovering your soul. and welcome to another episode of the Discovering Your Soul podcast. Today's guest is Rory, a somatic practitioner and functional women's health and life coach. Rory focuses on nourishing the mind, body, and soul as one big system that all intertwine. She provides clients with the support tools and techniques that are needed to radically shift their human experience as well as navigate the ins and outs of the world as their most embodied selves. Rory and I talk about all sorts of things, ranging from conscious uncoupling to talking about how to develop trust in your body and your intuition, as well as how to learn more about your nervous system and what it looks like to regulate your nervous system and co-regulate your nervous system with others and the world around you. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi, Rory. I'm so excited to have you on the Discovering Your Soul podcast. Thank you so much for making time today. How have you been? I've been really good. Thanks for asking. I'm happy to be here. Yay! So the first question I want to ask you is, what is something that you have discovered about yourself recently? Um, Something that I have discovered about myself recently, uh, I think there's there's a lot of layers to that, but I am navigating um, a breakup of three years. We like to call it an uncoupling because it was a very conscious decision for both of us. But really dating myself again, you know, getting really intimate with myself again, making myself the first and foremost priority. So yeah, that's actually a really fun adventure that I've – it's been a few months, um, and this was kind of a long time coming. We've been on and off for a while, but it's a really fun adventure that I seem to be embarking on, so I'm excited about that. Thank you so much for sharing that, and I, I love how you brought in the word uncoupling because usually we hear about – we usually just hear breakup. You know, We hear about something – breaking apart, but I love the word uncoupling. So if you could go a little bit more into what that uncoupling process looks like. I like to think of like there's different types of partnerships in your life. You know, some are trauma-based, some are like trigger partners. And uh, me and my last partner, it just feels like we were kind of journey mates. We met each other up until a certain point and we couldn't take each other any further and still remain really happy and content and fulfilled in all the areas where we both really want to be fulfilled. So it was a conscious decision. And we also had tried multiple things. Like this was a year on and off, figuring it out, getting support to really see if there was enough to make this work. And so uncoupling means to me is just this point at which we just couldn't go any further with what we really wanted for our future. We grew to a certain point and then we just said like, you know, we love each other. There's so much love there. We will remain friends for as long as life allows it, but it just wasn't what we both needed in a lot of ways. And 
that took a lot of personal work to also understand that that's not personal and you can't give everything to everybody, right? And so there's always going to be certain needs that may not be met in partnership and where else can you get your needs met and is it a non-negotiable in partnership? So that's some of the things that I've been uncovering and it was three years. It was three years of really, really, really growing personally, growing my business, growing my career, you know, bought a house, kind of planted roots where I am. And so it's a, it's just like a another fun chapter that I'm feeling really grounded in embarking on, which is really fun. That's so beautiful. And I think that you're you're portraying uncoupling as a really beautiful, almost ceremonial part of your your healing journey and growth. And I think that's really beautiful because oftentimes I think it's I think it's so out there in like media and movies and everything that breakups are like failures, right? That they're failures, both people, it just failed. But you're presenting it as this beautiful like growth journey of like, it wasn't a failure. It was a success for what it was meant to be as a part of your journey. And I think that's really beautiful. And I think that helps us reframe breakups as just a part of the spiritual and healing journeys that we all go on. And if you could give a little bit more information on how did you know that that was the end of that part of your journey? Like, how did you know that, you know, we've done our best, we really can't go on further? Was that a somatic feeling? Was that emotional? Was it everything? Like, how did you know? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think to what you were saying earlier, I think, you know, people, if you grew up with a story of, I'm not enough or I'll never be enough, that can be really triggering. And that was something that I needed to work through. And the whole I'm not enough story, the reality is, is you may not be enough for somebody, but that doesn't mean that you're enough, period. It just means that something isn't aligning. And so that was a lot of work on on both of our ends of really understanding that, you know, we did the best we could and still we just weren't having needs met. But to answer your second question, I feel everything somatically. So for me, it definitely was an, a somatic experience of being a little bit more disconnected from my intuition and feeling a little bit less in my body. One of the things that we kind of kept circling around to was for me and my body to be like a fuck yes, can we curse on here? Sorry, too late. <laughs> um, to just be like a fuck yes turn on, I need the emotional compatibility. I need the connectedness. I need the hard conversations. And so that seemed to just kind of fall on the wayside and then we just weren't meeting each other's needs. He needed the physical side. For me, the physical wasn't available until I was having emotional needs met. And so it just kind of was a knowing and things would happen. And in this container, I learned so much about what I need going forward because he was a lot of what I needed. And the conversation that I kept having with myself was, well, is this good enough? No one's perfect. Is this good enough? And finally coming to the point of saying the pieces that aren't being met are actually huge non-negotiables that I do need and I won't settle because I know that that's what I need to be fully fulfilled in a partnership. I think that's really beautiful. And I really love that you brought in the somatic aspect of relationships because I think that's huge. And I think that can often be overlooked. A lot of us can be in our heads of like our thinking, 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 and bringing in the feelings with that too, which is obviously an important part of conscious relationship. But I love that you brought in that somatic aspect. And if you could tell listeners, how have you been able to 
grow and sustain that relationship with your intuition? Like, how could you tell that you were disconnected and how can you tell when you are connected? Mm, Great question. I think first and foremost, a lot of women can be disconnected from their bodies entirely due to trauma, due to society, the patriarchy, you know, you name it, whatever the reason is. And I, as much as I don't want to normalize that, it is very common. And so I think the first thing that anybody can do is, first of all, spend time alone, explore your body. And I don't mean just sexually and pleasure-related, but think about pleasure in any way that can activate you in your five senses, right? Turning yourself on by buying yourself flowers or smelling something delicious or rubbing something smooth against your skin, right? Getting connected to your body and noticing how your body responds to certain things. And what I will say is understanding where you're at somatically, also really understanding your trauma responses and how you react or how you respond or what happens in your body. And that's been a big part of my work and what I help clients with is understanding what activation feels like in your body and catching it before you're full-blown, you know, triggered and activated and dysregulated but catching it three steps before to say, what do I need right now? And how can I learn how to self-soothe and regulate myself and regulate my nervous system? And so I think the first part of that is exploring what feels really good and building up that toolbox. And then on the other side, figuring out what does dysregulation feel like to me? And how can I start to understand and acknowledge the signs before I'm full-blown there? You know, like I always say, like scale of one to 10. If you're at like a four or five, start to take note of that. You know, remove yourself from a situation, stop having a conversation, start to really inquire and get really curious. I think that's a lot of what nervous system work and embodiment work is, is curiosity. And we can't have curiosity if we're not regulated. I 100% agree with that. Just as someone that is also healing trauma and yeah. having to really delve into my body. And I, I had a lot of, a lot of times where I'm like, is this intuition or is this fear? You know, like it's because, mm-hmm. because and I think mm-hmm. that is a huge, huge, I just, I think just misunderstanding that people have of their own physiological responses and their nervous systems of, you know, this like fear response of, I need to make a decision right now. It's like urgent. Ah, like I got to do this right now. And we think it's intuition, right? When for me personally, when I feel my intuition, it's more of a wise inner knowing and there's no like urgency with it of like, you got to do it now. It's like, hmm, this is something for you to like think about, you know, or like sit with or you know, I want you to listen to me and really, you know, hear what I'm saying. So has that been your experience with clients or with yourself of like, for you personally, how do you know that you are dealing with dysregulation versus being embodied and being really grounded with your, your nervous system? So part of what I do is obviously embodiment work with women, but also taking a step back and looking at how your physical health can get very dysregulated based on a dysregulated nervous system. So I work a lot with gut issues and autoimmunity and that all has a trauma link in my in my opinion. So for me, a lot of my story started with my physical body started to be like you're not fucking listening to me. So, you know, we're giving up. And so I dealt with a lot of gut issues um, you know, and 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 debilitating anxiety. And that was when I really started to delve into the trauma work. So for me, all of the energy will come upwards in my body. So I'll feel very heady 
I'll feel a lot of energy in my head. I'll feel a lot of energy in my heart and the rest of my body won't be connected. It almost feels like it's there's just a blockage there. And I'll feel like almost like you're talking that rush. I'll feel like I'm in a rush to do everything. I'll just feel anxious and the energy is really high. And so part of, you know, a daily routine for me is like, I have an hour to myself before I even look at a screen in the morning. And I understand that that is a privilege and I understand that some people can't get that and I've worked my way up to be able to do that and get an hour. But if you can get seven minutes without getting out of bed and just laying with your eyes open with a journal or gratitude or you know, dropping into your body and taking deep breaths or a pleasure practice or whatever that looks like, I think that's a really good way to start exploring that and start exploring – you know, what does it feel like to be regulated in my body? What does it feel like to be dysregulated? Um, but I will say a lot of physical symptoms can show up. And, you know, Western medicine is all about looking at that symptom. But, you know, what I work on is, well, let's get to the root cause. If you have unprocessed trauma, if you are a chronic people pleaser, if you're a perfectionist, these things are all at some point going to affect your physical body. I love this conversation so much. I just finished When the Body Says No by Gabor Mate. And, you know, it's all about the link between stress and disease and how it shows up and how it's it's like really delving into the root. You know, like you talked about Western medicine and how sometimes we just kind of throw something, you know, here, take this pill, do this thing, done, done, done. But it doesn't actually get to the root of the issue, which I think you're bringing up, which I think, I mean, many of us have had traumatic experiences, whether it's, you know, a big T or a little or multiple little T's and and so forth. So, and I feel like that's really beautiful, the holistic aspect of like, how do we really integrate all these parts of ourselves Yeah, and heal the root and not just get, you know, get there to be like a temporary Band-Aid on the outside. So for you, what do you feel like is really helpful? I love that you brought in healthy habits and things like that. So for for trauma survivors out there that are doing that deep inner child healing, shadow healing, trauma healing, what do you think are some helpful lifestyle habits to undertake? Like what are your go-to of like this is a must for my day-to-day? Stress and sleep are the two biggest things that are going to trigger a physical response and or be very hard to regulate yourself. So for me, like sleep is non-negotiable. I'm like eight plus hours every night. If I get anything less than eight, I'm not a happy camper. Um, And so I think that's like super, super basic. And that can start to allow you to feel really well rested. And then you have a little bit more energy and capacity. Because a big part of my belief anyway is that Typically what I see is some people can't do some of this harder trauma emotional work if their physical health is not in an okay spot, right? You can you can lack a little bit of energy to go deep, right? You can lack the strength in your body, the trust in your body. And so trust has been a really, really big thing that comes up for me and clients all the time. And when I say trust, it can be this like big word. But in terms of kind of linking it back to that intuition – Listen to the little things that come up, right? You know, if you're talking to a partner, or for, you know, if you're single and you're just like, I really want pizza, get get pizza. Listen to that, you know? And so starting to listen to your desires and saying yes to yourself and not talking yourself out of it is, I think, a really good way to build trust and give yourself what you need because I think that is the basis of trauma work and especially body work is if you're dissociated from your body or if you don't innately trust your body because it's, you know, it's been just 
whatever it's needed to do, you know, armor itself because of trauma or you name it, physically ill or whatnot, that's going to be a lot harder to work on that deeper trust, right? And so really connecting the two, like your mind, your body, your spirit, they're not separate entities. And so starting to encompass them all together. I love that. I think trust is huge. I mean, especially that's that's been a lot of my work too, is just that self-trust. I mean, and I feel like that self-trust, if it's not fully embodied within myself, then I don't trust others as much. I don't really trust the world as much. It really does does start within, I think. I really think it does building that trust with ourselves and all the parts of ourselves. I think everything is a mirror, right? And so even like leading – like opening this conversation with partnership, my partner wasn't going to meet me because he wasn't doing some of these like things that I feel at least – he should be doing on a daily basis and connecting with himself in this deep, intimate way. And, and you know, he did and he didn't and it was inconsistent and whatnot. And again, like I always like to preface when I have these conversations, like two people are having this experience and this is just my experience. And so it was like someone's only going to meet you as much as they've met themselves. And so everything tends to be a mirror, kind of like you're saying. I'd lo- I'm just curious. I'd love to hear how did you start this journey? What inspired you to get on this this journey that you're on right now? I was a Division one athlete. So I grew up an athlete um, and a lot of my story was just like receiving love in the form of doing. So I was a good athlete. I was a good student because that's how I got love from my dad and that, and that love was really important to me. And so I, of course, dated a ton of unavailable men wanting to, you know, gain their love and gain their trust. And so that got me into some um, dark situations. So I dealt with sexual abuse um, and assault. And then my physical body started to get really sick. I developed an eating disorder after college because I was no longer an athlete. And I'm like, what now? So I got into the bodybuilding world, which really just perpetuates disordered eating And so I was just pushing everything down and pushing everything down and, you know, channeling it in the gym and channeling it on my body and really taking it out on my body. And so it wasn't until I got really physically sick. I had horrible gut issues, debilitating anxiety. I went to all the doctors, got all the blood work, you know, nothing really came back too crazy that I said, you know, I need a therapist, I need a coach, right? And so that's kind of what got me here and is so much of what I help women with now, whether they come to me because they know that it's trauma and they just want to directly work on that, or they're coming to me for physical symptoms and then I get to be the person that says, well, what's gone on in your life? And be the person that typically doesn't ask. Like if you go to medical providers, sometimes they don't ask your history or they don't ask your trauma or what your childhood was about. And so these are such pivotal pieces in our world and in our experience. And so uh, yeah, that's what got me into this work, and I couldn't be more happier that I'm here. So I love that. And even just to go back to your mirror comment that you made about how others are really a mirror of ourselves. I mean, I think it's so true, and I, I love that you brought up that others can only really meet you as deeply as they can meet themselves. And it really is. I mean, I, I can even reflect back on. I relate a lot to your the beginning of your story. I wasn't an athlete. Definitely do not have that in me. But. But the the love part, I mean, I really, you know, I felt like I was constantly trying to get that need, that emotional need met. But deep down, I didn't feel like I really deserved it or I felt like I had to earn it. I felt like I had to do things to earn that love. And that, that you know, like you've said about the whole doing. And so I really relate to that. And a lot, and I think many, many, many relate to that. Um, may not even know right now. It might be so unconscious, right? That we That many just may not know. 
um, about that. So I really love that you brought that up. Hey, I love like asking the question too because I think both of our stories probably – and correct me if I'm wrong – lead us to this place of perfectionism, which is also – 100%. Yeah, which can also be people-pleasing, can also be codependent tendencies, right? Like very attached. And so I think asking – yourself. Well, I think boundary work is so important in this. So important. Huge. And also asking, like, what's my intention behind why I'm doing something, right? Is this for approval? Is this to look a certain way? Is this because somebody else wants it? And like, I think for people who are starting that journey, like really asking yourself, um, you know, is this a yes for me? And how do I know it's a yes? And that coming back to a question you asked earlier, like, how do you find your intuition? What does that look like? Where does your body tell you it's a yes or where the fuck does your body say no? Because sometimes it's easier to find the no than it is the yes. And so just navigating that and getting curious and taking a moment before you feel like, oh, I have to make this rush decision to take a deep breath and check in with your body and ask yourself, oh, what do I need right now? And you know, and I think that's just a, a big part of the process that I wanted to also add in is that this takes time and this takes practice just like anything else. Like this trust that we're talking about is a muscle. So you don't go to the gym one time and you get muscle. You go for years. You go for months. You go, you know, and so it's something that everybody has the agency of choice, again, in most situations. So taking that upon yourself to give yourself a second, give yourself some time to really see, well, why am I doing what I'm doing? What is my intention? And do I even really fucking want to be doing it? Or do I feel like I should be doing it? Does somebody else expect me to do it? Is this just what I normally do? Because you can change – you you know, you can make the choice to change. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. I also think that leads you to be able to learn how to set healthy boundaries. Boundaries are not meant to be walls, right, to like keep people out. They're supposed to help others in our life learn how to love us better and to really love us from a place of wholeness, right? And so, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Of, And that's something I've had to do in my own journey of just like understanding, is this a yes? Am I doing this because I am wanting right. something mm-hmm. from this other person, mm-hmm. right? Um, versus am I doing this because I genuinely, it's coming from my heart space. Like it's genuinely coming from that whole place internally of like, I just genuinely yeah. want to do this thing for this person. So that's been a huge part of that work. And I 100% agree of like how that if we really go through our whole life unconscious to this internal messaging that we have of like, I need to do to earn love, then yeah, that can definitely lead to perfectionism and chronic people pleasing and just neglecting ourselves and not feeling whole. It's like we need so many other things and people to have us feel whole when really we're all whole. We're all born whole. Exactly. And I always like to ask you know, especially around the, you know, the quote unquote darker vibrations of like judgment and shame and guilt, like asking yourself, like, whose voice is that? Whose voice is that? Is it, you know, most of the time when I'm judging myself or I'm doing anything that's self-saboteur, it is my dad's voice. And I love my dad. I have a great relationship with my dad, but he was very involved in my childhood. So a lot of my acute small T's come from him of things he did say or things he did blame on me or whatever, right? And so starting to recognize like, oh, that's not even fucking mine. Like how can I choose differently? How can I make the embodied empowered choice to say I want something different? And it's fucking scary. Don't get me wrong, right? Because it's this, it's this blank slate. It's this unknown, right? So of course there might be a little bit of fear, right? And so 
going back to your question earlier of that intuition versus fear, I mean, you'll you'll know, and that's why starting just checking in with your body and starting to build trust with your body, it'll be a clear yes or no. But the reality is, is just because there's fear around something doesn't mean that it's a no. You know, there's healthy fear. Fear can motivate you, you know? And so that's, yeah, I think that that's a big determining factor is just because there might be some fear and stuff doesn't mean that that that's a boundary that needs to be set or that's a no. Very true. Especially if there there is a lot of, for example, like something that I've had to do is I have too many walls put up that I get fear pretty default, right? So for me, fear doesn't necessarily mean that this is something that's not good for me. It could just mean that it's it's hitting on something I need to explore and kind of look deeply at whether that for me, that could be like journaling, that could be dancing, some sort of somatic movement. For me, yoga and meditation are really helpful for that to kind of just like tease it out of like, okay, is this fear like I got to get away from this? Or is this fear of like, hey, this is getting out of your comfort zone. This might be a growth edge. So definitely. And what? Are, so you are a somatic practitioner too, right? Or you're training to become a somatic practitioner? Yep. I'm in my second year. of a, It's a three-year program. So there are, there are people that are listening that may not have any idea what that means, or they may not have any idea of what a somatic practice looks like. So could you tell the listeners a little bit more about that? Yeah. So like soma is body, right? So it's intertwining the the body and the mind, if you will. And so in in layman's terms, it's just nervous system work, right? So it's, you know, the person I'm sitting across from in any session tracking their nervous system, what's happening. And so I think because I'm in the coaching world, you know, it's it's a processing space, but we can go into stories and we can go into the mind. And so a lot of my work is getting people into their bodies, whether that's embodiment practices, whether it's just checking in somatically, meditations, movement. And so getting into the body and healing through the body is a is a very, very, very big part of my work due to the fact that I couldn't actually heal until I healed the relationship with my body and the relationship with my nervous system and how I was just wired to be in the sympathetic, you know, state all the time, highly anxious. And so a lot of what I'm saying, people may not even recognize that they're there and you may have had to be there. You have every reason. And so I always say you're here for a reason, right? Whether you're in sympathetic dominant or you're completely dissociated or whatever it is, you've had to do that. Something in your life has brought you to a place where it's been safer. And so you're literally protecting yourself. And so I always like to lead sessions with that because we can't actually heal. We can't actually get to like – I always do this like visual of like this is the nitty-gritty. This is what needs to be healed. But if there's like shame or judgment on top of it, then we can't really get to the root, right? And so having a lot of compassion for what's got you here. And the reason somebody's sitting across from me or in a group program or anything that I'm doing is just because they're realizing that what's gotten them here is no longer serving them. And that's really fucking beautiful and epic. So in short, you know, I'm just – I really – I help women come home to their bodies. I love that. And I mean, that is so fucking brave for somebody to realize like, hey, what I've been doing has not been serving me. And also for many, asking for help is one of the hardest things to do, right? Especially, you know, I mean, I definitely kind of swung over to, you know, becoming like ultra independent at times where asking for help is like, uh uh-uh, I got to do this on my own. So that's a beautiful thing. And I just want listeners that are listening right now to know that asking for help is is strong. Mm -hmm. It's brave. Mm Yeah, I I completely agree. And I will say there's foundational healing to do on your own for sure. 
And I would not be here if I didn't find community to heal with, if I didn't find sisters, if I didn't hear voices and stories, because this work can feel very, very, very isolating. And so to have sisterhood, and I'm just speaking because my demographic is mostly women, but you know, men too. I have a few male comments male clients. But so finding community is going to be a huge part of I don't even want to say accelerating the process because there's no there's no need to accelerate it, but a lot of and I will say this, when you start doing this work, you're going to notice your world start to shift. You're going to shift away from people, you're going to probably have a smaller group. That's just the way that it is. And so to plug yourself into a community that is doing this work that has the same values as you do, uh, really, really supports that. And, you know, back to supporting your nervous system of safety is, you know, and community that's going to re- be a really big deal. So something that just came to mind, and I think you, you sounds like you're in a beautiful spot to even reflect and share this with listeners if this is something that comes up for you, but the idea of co-regulation and nervous system healing, right? And so, for example, for myself, I feel like I started off my healing journey just I could not be alone. You know, it was one of those things where I just like could not be alone. Like all my calendar was filled. I could not be alone. And then I I learned about self-love. And I think my mind, I definitely was not in my body at that at that time. I was starting my somatic healing journey. I was delving really deep into yoga and somatic practices. But my mind was like self-love. Oh, I got to do it all on my own. I just need to get my nervous system fine on its own. Mm. And now a big part of my journey recently has been all about co-regulation. And that can look like, for example, me and my partner right now, mm-hmm. co-regulating our nervous systems together. And another big thing for me is nature. It's like co-regulation with nature. And you being in the beautiful part of your journey that you're in right now of you were in this co-creation of a relationship with somebody and now you're in this space. How does that look for you? I mean, what do you, what advice do you have for Others that are just like wondering, you know, do I need to just do this all my own right now? Or is there a balance that I need to bring in with like allowing myself to co-regulate with others? I didn't know what I needed from others until I knew what I needed within, right? That kind of like that mirror, right? So if I didn't know how to regulate myself, and this is a great example. I was just with my family for three weeks and I'm sure anybody who's with their family three weeks are like, wow, that's a lot of time. It is, right? And I have a really, really great family, but of course, doesn't matter how great they are, there's trauma there, right? And there's, you know, there's things there. And so things can come up and things did come up. But I had the tools to regulate myself in that. I took walks. I took space. You know, I left the house. I went to – I found a gym. You know, and so knowing what you need, kind of coming back to this like beginning part of this conversation, being able to say this is what I need. This is what my body needs and I'm going to give it to myself. I'm not going to self-sacrifice. I'm not going to put my needs on the back burner. Trust me. I get it. If you're on vacation with your family, it's very easy to be like, well, everyone's doing this. Well, what do you need? Right. And so that's not selfish. I think really being able to take that off the docket. And so I know what I need to self regulate. And I also know what my nervous system needs. There are certain people where I have a time limit of how long I can be around them. And then I also have certain people that, like one of my best friends, when we, before we started recording, she lives in San Diego. She, I spent three weeks with her. She came here and then we went to, you know, bend with my family. And she's amazing for my nervous system, you know? And so finding those people that really fill up your cup and being able to say, I need some space. I need a break. I'm going to go for a walk. I love you and, 
and kind of even like developing this conversation even more, there's people that regulate your nervous system. And then there's also things that regulate your nervous system and like fully surrendering to that. So you said nature. Water is a huge one for me. Heat is a really good one for me. Like anything that's going to really activate my body and get me fully in my body. And then kind of swinging back to the to the people side of things, part of the way that I regulate myself is I talk about shit. And so I am a verbalizer. So there are not a ton of people in my world where if something doesn't bother me, I can't say anything. And I do that. I've done that on purpose. I've done that intentionally. 2022 was a really big year for me where I was like, sisterhood, 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 sisterhood. So I have a small but mighty dear friend group that they're all so different, but I can talk about things with them and I can fully express with them. So I think, you know, long-winded story, I think it's about finding the people that actually fill you up. And first and foremost, what do you need to regulate yourself? Because the reality is sometimes people are going to dysregulate you, not intentionally, but it's just the way that it is. I love that. I think that's beautiful, that dance and that flow between self-soothing and regulation of ourselves, but also being able to allow others to co-regulate with us. And that's a really beautiful aspect of community and healing. And I think that's beautiful. And I think it's okay that people will have perhaps phases where they're needing to self-soothe a little bit more and then maybe, you know, getting out of that. And they're like, okay, I really want to immerse myself in my community. And I love what you said about your your community and and filling up the cup. I think a lot of us hear this phrase, right? Of like, what fills up your cup or who fills Mm. up your cup? And can you speak a little bit more to when you are around others, how do you know what is activating your parasympathetic nervous system, for example, versus your fight or flight and and causing dysregulation? How do you know? For you, for example, what does that somatically feel like? Like if you're with a friend and you leave it and you're like, oh, that was so awesome. What does that feel like versus like, ooh, not sure? I'm full of energy. I'm not depleted. And I think for us, you know, it this is a me, a recovering version of me that I need to check and also so many of my clientele and a lot of women in general. Type A, perfectionist, get shit done women. There is that level of are you able to just fucking be? Like are you able to just fully be present with that person or are you trying to perform? Are you trying to take up space? Are you thinking about all the things you need to do, right? Like just fully dropping in and being present with those people. And I know what that's like because they're also fully present with me, right? And so I understand what it's – again, it's that reflection. I have certain people that when I'm with, they're on their phone or they're distracted or, you know, they have other things going on and that's fine. But if I'm really wanting to drop in and have my cup filled, I want to just fully be with that person sitting in cross of me, eye contact and, you know, really dropping in. And I think that that for me – really energizes me and fills my cup. And so I'm looking for more people to, you know, do that and more people for me to surround myself with that have that. And one thing that I've also noticed on the healing journey is that sometimes your circle does feel like it's getting smaller. And that can be really scary, I think, on the healing journey is that inevitably we lose connections with people that we may have known for a long time, maybe new people, and that that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just like what you literally just talked about with your relationship of this like uncoupling or maybe they were meant to be a part of our journey for a period or a season. Not everybody is, you know, going to come along with that. If you could speak to that, how do people navigate that? In whether it's romantic or platonic, like how do we navigate that? 
Yeah. I, I mean, it's a great question. I think it's it's wildly different for where everyone's at. And it's also just wildly different for whatever what container it is, right? And and the history, right? Like there's so many nuances in that. When you're in it, it sucks. When you're in the shit, it sucks always, right? But I think for most of the time when I come out of something, I'm always willing to ask myself, what need did that, you know, fill for me? Because even even coping mechanisms, right? They're numbing you out so that you don't feel the pain that's underneath them, right? And so a relationship is typically mirroring something in you, right? A belief you have, something, you know, whatever it can be. And so always looking at, well, what did that person serve? What am I able to learn here? And some things are just going to fade away. You know, some require deliberate conversation. But I also think coming back to like, what is my intention, right? There, There are and there can be situations where you want somebody in your life, but you see the relationship shifting and maybe that needs to have a conversation. And maybe there's a conversation that can be had so that you can grow through it. Or there's no conversation because you just like, you know, slowly grow apart. And and there's no good, like there's nothing good or bad about anything. It's just really about coming back to like, well, what do I want? And am I also willing to let go? Like I had a dear friend in this space in the beginning of my journey and to be quite frank, she was quite narcissistic, but she was so big for my journey. Like I just moved across the country. So did she. She was in this business a couple years before I was. So I learned a lot of things that I didn't want to do, that I did want to do. And so, you know, we are no longer friends, but that was so needed for me. And that was really painful because we were like, it was probably a trauma bond for both of us. And so it was really intense, pretty codependent. But I probably would not be where I am if I didn't have that friendship and that mirror of this is what this could look like and this is actually something you really don't want to do. And so that's a good example of that was really meant for me in really a big, big way, but doesn't mean it's not painful, right? And so I wanted to also invite like the quote unquote icky feelings that people don't want to feel, the sadness, the grief, the anger, those are all invitations to show you where your boundaries are, to show you where your values are so that you can choose something different or grow from it. Absolutely. I love it. I mean, I really think that those are so uncomfortable, but they just teach you so much more about yourself. It's like you meet yourself on this deeper level by allowing mm-hmm. yourself not necessarily to like dwell in those feelings, and but just simply just acknowledging them and sitting with them and accepting that it's okay to feel these things. It's totally okay. I don't need to make them go away right away. I don't need to fix them, that they're just giving me information. Right. And even if you have all the tools, like even if you have all the tools to regulate your nervous system, you're still going to get activated. And so part of the tools is just like, what can just like decrease this 1% or like how can I just get 1% or 2% more comfortable in this feeling and expand into it and let it ride out versus becoming rigid? And becoming like this place where it has no place to move. So it just gets stuck somatically. And right. So that's part of it too is like welcoming it in and surrendering to it allows it to flow rather than coming in and creating such havoc on your body and your nervous system. And I love the idea of that release, like how these feelings can become almost trapped in a way if we allow them to be, but how somatic movement, I mean, dance, for example, is huge for that, right? Just dancing, moving, shaking your body, doing any sort of somatic practice, even exercise can be huge for people and, and releasing. Um, so I think that's that's really beautiful of that. There's nothing we need to like do to fix it, but how can we just allow for it to naturally be expressed and released? I think that's really beautiful. One of the last things I want to ask you on here is 
what are the things that bring you joy lately? What are what are you really into right now? Well, it's fun because I'm like I said earlier, I'm like kind of rediscovering that. And I didn't like completely lose touch with it in the relationship, obviously, but there is this level of like there's not two nervous systems to kind of co-regulate, if you will. So I am loving getting outside. Um, I live in Utah. So I grew up skiing, but I'm not like a huge skier, but I've been skiing a little bit more and just getting outside. I'm doing a lot of cannabis meditations, which are really, really powerful. And I just love hanging out with my pup and building like really solid foundation and community here. It's a big goal for me um, because I'll be here for – I don't know how long, but I'll be here for at least a couple more years in Utah. So really building community and sisterhood here is really important. So that's kind of what I've been leaning into. I love that. Oh, and the nature there is beautiful. So definitely – Oh, yeah. Yeah. No limitations there. (laughs) That's so awesome. And one of the last things is how can listeners work with you? How can listeners connect? What type of one-on-one or group work do you offer for others? Yeah. So there's a couple things that I'm offering right now. So I do work for a functional health coaching company called Nutrition Dynamic. And so that's for people who are really dealing with a lot of physical symptoms and are open to the somatic healing alongside of it. So um, I went to school to become a registered dietitian. So that is like my traditional background. So you can work one-on-one with me there. And then I have my own one-on-one somatic-based clients And I have a program called Feel, Here, Reveal. It's a four-month container. We do a lot of embodiment practices and that's one-on-one. And then um, I am a co-coach in a group called Trauma to Tantra with Stephanie Ray on Instagram. And that's all for women or female-bodied individuals who are wanting to really just – it's not about learning. It's not about being in your head. You show up every week and you just drop into your body and she runs incredible embodiment practices. So those are the three ways that you can work with me. My Instagram is Rory underscore Cassandra and I have a podcast of my own called Hear Me Roar. I I mean, Rory's a you're a gem, Rory. I mean, I think that you are such an inspiration and I can feel your embodiment. I can feel how deeply you are meeting yourself. And I think that that is such an inspiration for everyone else because seeing you in your fullest expression and your fullest authenticity, I think is an inspiration for all of us to also be able to embody and and be in our fullest authenticity and, and fucking own it, right? And just fucking own it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that reflection. And Nina, I've, I've been watching the work that you're doing and it's incredible. And I, yeah, I really praise you for for doing this work and rolling your sleeves up and, you know, being here and, and hosting this podcast and and really giving back to the world. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. It was such a joy to have you on here. This is an extremely valuable conversation. I think that this will really help. I think this will help everyone listening to just think about what they can incorporate into their healing journey to just get to know themselves on a deeper level and to really to turn inward and also to turn outward to co-regulate as well. I think that's a beautiful dance between really our our inward journey as well as our outward co-creation journey with others around us. So thank you so much for being vulnerable and raw and authentic on here and just showing us the amazing human being that you are. So thank you so much. Thank you, my love. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Discovering Your Soul podcast. I would love to connect with you through the information that is posted in the show notes. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your morning, your afternoon, or your evening. Take care and be well.